With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello folks, it's David here and I would just like to take a moment to ask you to go and check out our sponsors NordVPN. Internet security, very important. I'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well. Me, I like to know that I'm the person in control of my data. I live on my phone and the amount of stuff I do on it from banking to documents to private messaging, I need to know is secure. We all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and try and spend our money for us. NordVPN prevents that, especially if you're using public Wi-Fis or you're using Wi-Fis away from your home. If you use NordVPN, you are safe and protected. It also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required. It's a brilliant product. I use it every day and highly recommend it. And you can get a tremendous offer if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand that's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your nordvpn plan you'll also get one additional month for free risk free with nord it's 30 day back money uh, 30 day money back guarantee so all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back so go and check them out as i say it's very important you'll get peace of mind Go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Good evening, welcome back to Heart and An Extra. This is your second free show of the week and I am your host, Adam Thornton. Tonight's show will look back at Rangers' 1-0 win against Livingston midweek and look ahead to Saturday's lunchtime trip to Ross County. On this evening's show, I'm joined by, first of all, Mr James Forrest. How are you? I'm well, Adam. Thank you for having me on. No problem. And we also have what I believe to be at least, at least my fourth favourite, David. David Marshall, how are you? Four, I'm nice in the ranks. That's, that's good news. Yeah, I crunched the numbers. I think four. I think four is fair. Yeah, maybe top three. We'll see. Depends. You can be quite annoying sometimes. But anyway, let's go. Um, so let's get Wednesday's game out of the way first of all. Um, I'd fair to say it wasn't exactly a thriller. James, uh, very limited in terms of options in the squad due to international call-ups, injuries, suspensions, uh, transfers on the eve of the game or the day of the game. Um, the chap. Pre-game was uh, a 1-0 win, would do us fine, and thankfully it turned out that way. Just with everything that went on um, on the night, I think looking back on that game and getting the three points, that's all that matters. Because uh, you're right, the squad was very much thin uh, on the ground. You're having to start players that I don't think you would normally look to start in a game like this. Um, but kind of forced into it based on who was available at the at the time. Uh, the weather conditions as well, not fun for anyone in the stadium, really. Uh, it felt like we were in almost like a wind tunnel of just rain and cold 
really, at Ibrox. And that just made for an interesting winter's football viewing experience. But, you know, grinding out the win as we did, a lot of things about the game that weren't so good at all, absolutely. That uh, we'd want to do a lot better against an opponent like Livingston, who we should and have beaten by a few goals at least. But given everything that was going on, 1-0, you take the three points, you move on and you're no worse off. Yeah, I think we probably still had enough about us to play a bit better in the game. But when you factor in the weather and, and a brand new front five, front six, essentially, uh, if you want to count Sands in that, then I guess it's only natural for it not to be quite as as slick as we would like it to be. Um, it is a cliche, but we'll take one nil wins all the way if it gets us where we need to be. David, in saying that, I wasn't delighted with the two defensive midfielders in this game. I don't think I, I ever am, to be honest. Um, I guess when you drill down into it, though, like we've just kind of uh, inferred, there wasn't really much else of an option for us, was there? The manager wants to play these two attacking number eights. We didn't have Bakuna, uh, who has since confirmed his transfer to Birmingham. Uh, Aribo was at the game, but had just flown back. Uh, and wasn't in the squad. Uh, and Hadji, obviously, uh, we got the news that he has uh, a cruciate, I think it is, but he's certainly out for, for the rest of the season. Uh, when you roll that all up, and when the manager said post-game he only wanted to give Arfield the 30 minutes at the end, we only really had Lowry, who can play in those kind of attacking number mm. eight positions. So I guess Sands and Kamara really had had to play in that sense. Yeah, no, I'm much like you. I am. Um, I hate it. The two holding midfielders, um, and really any SPFL game we play, maybe outside of, of Celtic, I think um, it's just really not ne- necessary. I mean, it may have been used during the week as a necessity, and that we didn't have anything else that we have could put out there. But it doesn't make it, um, you know, any easier to endure, any easier on the eye to watch when you're a fan sitting through it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm bit in both camps, you know, I think it's all, you know, I can accept, well, the three points was the most important thing, but I don't think it excuses some of the individual performances. I think there's some players in that team, you know, who are living on a bit of a borrowed time, to be honest, or some I expected more of. I think Scott Wright um, be one of highlight, and I'd be looking for him to do more in these type of games, and I don't know. I'm just I'm get I'm getting to the point where I'm ready to take to make my final assessment on Scott Wright. And to be honest, it's not he's not going to come out with a good judgment. Um, was it great on the night? And despite you know all the conditions, I think the team we still put out there. I think we can you know expect more than for it to take a. Under goal to beat Livingston. Yeah, I think that's all fair. I, I, I do. James, something David touched on there in terms of maybe players that are that are coming to the end of, um, not necessarily the end of their time, but maybe the end of of fan patience in terms of thinking that they might ever become. That good well. Yeah, they might ever become first team players. I guess it kind of comes back to expectations a little bit. We have this chat, and we're going to come on to it later on. But we have this chat about how we haven't improved the. We haven't improved the first team, which I don't really think is a thing. Um, personally, um, I think it's probably going to be very rare, given the season that we had last year, the expectation, and given what we've seen certainly in the summer window and as far as we've got to in, in this window in terms of the lack of funds that are either available or the lack of players that we can get within the, the, the confines of the funds that we do have, I think it's probably unrealistic to expect us to be able to bring in a player who does instantly improve the, the first 11 or certainly two or three of them as people have been saying I think the more we get through this window that seems to be um, the only kind of sensible explanation so we are kind of left a little bit with the, the punts if you like 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 Simpson and and Wright uh, and Bakuna coming in isn't it fair to be as angry as at them as, as some people tend to be when they are coming in as those those players who with the best will in the world, they'll, they'll get 10 or 15 appearances, you would think, unless there is these kind of injury crises. Um, I, I kind of agree on all three of them that they're not good enough, but I also kind of think I'm not sure they were ever really intended to come in and, and set the header on, on fire and be undisputed first picks. Well, it's, it's 
the question of would you rather be recruiting players like that um, but at the same time keeping that core first team you know, starting lineup uh, and I think we're in a better position the fact that we're able to keep guys like Aribo, like Morelos, like Tavernier, you know, all, all your all your first team players because you have to really invest a lot in order to improve them. And it's less likely that someone is going to come in to the club if they feel like they're not going to instantly, you know, start a game if they're not at that level. So I think you are then left with those kind of sort of that level below it's not like they're way way below some might be in people's opinions but you know if all we can do right now in terms of recruitment is bring in guys who will who will make more more or less of backup appearances then so long as you're keeping those first team players there and they're playing regularly then that's okay i think the problem is we're in a moment right now where there's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of reasons why players are away. It's a busy time of year. Um, you know, international games happening at this time. It's quite rare. I can't really think of another time when it's happened, but there's lots of reasons as to why that's the case. And we are, you know, we are suffering in some positions for that, but that isn't going to last. And we will end up in a position soon where we'll have the vast majority of players fit and available to play. And, it will be one of those headaches that a manager wants to have where it's thinking, right, who of these good players do I then pick? There is that core group. Who around that makes up the rest of the team? Um, but at the same time, when these players are in the squad, they should be looking to do what they can to make enough of an impression to stay in the first team when they're given that opportunity. And the frustration comes when guys don't take that opportunity. Scott Wright is one player who over the last couple of appearances, really hasn't done enough in that respect. And Cedric Eaton is another one who, in this game in particular, had chances to show that he would definitely be seen as a different kind of option and could work in a game like this. And he didn't do enough. Um, And it leaves a lot of people worrying whether he really is going to be an answer at any point. For us, um, I think Anton. I think Anton's an interesting one as well because I don't think he is one of the punt players. I think he was bought with the expectation of Alfie was going last summer, and I think he was expected to be a first team impact player, and it's not really worked out yet. Well, I think you would class him in that role now, considering the fact he went on loan for the first half of the season. So mm. I think, yeah, you know, I think that's right in terms of the initial intention. But I think where he is now, that has there's been a regression. In that I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can, you know, retrospectively call him a punt. No. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think I did call him a punt at the time. Uh, no, I'm just saying he doesn't fit into that category. No. Player. He's certainly he's he's with those level of players now. But mm. um, yeah, he, he's not a punt player. He's just somebody that to this point, hasn't worked out as expected. And there was and more think, investment as well in him than other guys as well, so that is fair. Yeah, yeah I think there's... there's it's, a, it's a strange one. This sliding doors moment would have been with Morelos going at that point and us having to adapt the way that we play to, to play to Itton as the, the central striker. First of all, I don't think what we've seen so far would say that he's good enough, but I also... And this is the challenge that we've got because of this defined way that we that we play, um, and we're not that far away from Gerard in terms of how we play now. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're bringing in carbon copies of those players, things are going to have to change. So, bringing in Eaton uh, and expect them to play in the same way as Morelos, and and then bringing in Sakala and expect them to play in the same way as Aribo when he plays wide right or Kamar Roof, isn't going to happen. So we kind of need to. These are these are probably wrongly seen as as Plan B players or, or option players that come in and give us a little bit different when we were chasing a game or to rest someone, um, rather than as kind of integrating them in and, and maybe playing to their strengths. So I think both of those players to me look still very very raw. They're not as proficient on the ball as some of the players that we've got. They probably have some attributes I would say as the weeks and months tick by. I think Sakala's probably got more than than Eaton. In terms of what we think we can work with, but they're yeah. not quite they're not quite anywhere near finished products. So, in a way, they're never going to get that run of games that probably both of them need to just get their 
game experience, their match experience, their first touch, all of that up. So it's a wee bit of a catch-22 sometimes with these guys, and you can think they haven't really worked out, and no one really thinks, well, they're getting flung into random games here and there. Um, they kind of need to, unfortunately, Eaton needs to perform, and he needs to probably score a goal and play well every single time he starts, and he has a pretty bad habit of starting games and playing terribly. Um, most of his kind of important goals or, or games he's come on and did well has kind of been when we've been um, maybe late in the game and he's come on, Motherwell he's scored or whatever, uh, he's come on and held the ball up well in a couple of other games as well. That's fine, but for two and a half million pounds, I don't know if that's really where, where we're at right now, so I think that's probably the frustration on that side. Um I guess as well, everything's probably a little bit more magnified. Um, James, I'll come to you on this one. There's all, <clears throat> we love a soundbite and we love to look back and we, we love a headline. And, and the, the one I see quite a lot is we've not improved the team mm. or we've not had a good signing, if you like, since um, Kamar Roof, which, OK, uh, is a long time ago. But we won the league last year. We, we didn't need signings in January. We brought a couple of punts in that didn't work. Can that be an unsuccessful window when when you win the league? I, I'm not too sure. Did we didn't spend loads of money in that window and they all flopped? So I, I kind that that window had a very specific purpose. It was to prepare us for this year. You could argue that has failed on that side, but it wasn't necessarily what a terrible window for Rangers. And the summer probably more disappointments. That's the big one I think for me. Um, Sakala has come in and I think probably got to where I thought he would get to in terms of where he is. Very raw can deliver some decent moments, but needs a bit of work, needs a bit of time. Lindstrom on a free transfer hasn't worked out. Again, there's there's a fury about it that I'm, I'm not, I don't really understand. People actually hate him, which I, I don't quite, I don't quite get. I don't know where that comes from. A free transfer on a decent amount of money, fair enough. But if you compare that to um, a two million signing like Eaton, for example. For the first six months of, of his career, two million signing on the wages that he's getting, it's probably equivalent to to kind of Lundstrom. Certainly, over the six months, Lundstrom's probably cost less. So that type of thing, I'm not really sure about. That one just hasn't worked out. It was probably supposed to be a marquee signing that would come in and instantly improve the midfield, and it hasn't. But again, it's a it's supposed to be a marquee signing, but that's one we got wrong, and that's the big one I think certainly in that that 18 month spell that we've got wrong. But Overall, I think we would probably approach each transfer window and say, this is what we want to get out of the window. We don't necessarily want to or need to bring in four or five starters in one window for it to be a success. Um, I would agree that both of them have been under par, but certainly the summer one looks to not be a good window now. But the January one, I think we just brought a few players in, didn't really need to do too much. We're more focused on holding on to what we had. Yeah, but that's not sexy. No, and that's the problem. That's because when we get to the point, fans see other clubs saying, oh, look, they're spending money and bringing in players. It doesn't necessarily mean it's your know, teams that you're competing against, but they see that and they want to be involved in that in, in that noise, I think. Um, but it's it's that point that we've made before that it, it's just as important to keep hold of those of those key players um, because they are they are the starting team. They are the guys that have you know done the business. In terms of winning the league, these are players that know how to win this league, um, and you know you have a confidence in, in them to go and do it again. So, if you're losing one of those players, then yeah, you need to invest, and yeah, you need to, you know, bring someone in who can go straight in and be an immediate replacement if you've not already got one there. Um, but if you're keeping hold of them, then it's just about making sure that it's about making sure you have your squad ready for scenarios like what we've kind of had where we're missing a whole load of players and we're, we're ending up having to you know look to areas that we didn't really expect to need to look toward uh in terms of the squad now in some cases that's certainly worked out in our favor but in other cases it might not um and there is that worry that you, know, you don't you don't give yourself the chance to make sure that that's not going to bite you as bad as as what it can do um but you know, we've we've got money in for players that were sold and not one of the starters. It was the perfect scenario in that sense regarding, you know, you think about Nathan Patterson. And I think there is that in itself, there is a frustration in that too, because people are saying, well, all of a sudden we've got this money in and we're not spending it, we're not reinvesting in it. Um, I can sympathise with that, but if we're only 
better off doing that if there's a clear area in which we can improve. But I think for a lot of fans, that is obvious in terms of where we can improve. And, you know, we look as though we're sorting that with the window closing very soon. Um, but I think fans are kind of at the point of thinking, you know, we've got this money, use it. Let's make a statement signing um, with the money that we've got from the partisan deal particularly. Can I just add to that as well? I think um, the point about the money coming into the club recently from both the, the partisan uh, sale and the money we got from Aston Villa for uh, Gerard as well. I think fans look at that as well, and that's put on top of the fans of putting on their hand in their pocket a lot for the club, club recently, and I think that is exasperated as well with the fact we've got a £50 European game coming up. Um, I find it hard to think it's unfair for the fans to say, you know, we've we've put all this money into the club, we know the club have got money from, from other areas, um, we have, from what's came in, we have reached what we're told we need to, you know, be square uh, in terms of the operational costs for the seasons that was uh, discussed at the, the AGM and, and whatnot. So from all that, there seems to be money to spend. I don't really think it's unfair from a fan's point of view to to expect that. And, I, you know, there is that just wanting something shiny and new to play with. Um, but... I think there is areas of the squad that need to be addressed long term. And, you know, we're going to talk about the, the loans coming in. Some, you know, these guys coming on loan are good players and exciting, but it's not going to address the weakness in the squad long term. Let's do a wee bit of that just now before we go back to the game then. So, yeah. David, like you said, there's a, a bit of debate about whether or not we really need a central midfielder coming in. Most people seem to think right wing is the priority, um, but I'm not really so sure on that one. Um, yes, we technically do still have a lot of bodies in central midfield, but when you drill down into it, um, Gio wants to play with one deeper midfielder, uh, as we know. Everyone would agree now, I think, that Kamara, Lundstrom and Jack all play better in, in that position rather than, and Davis. Uh, rather than further forward. And then, yeah, you've got James Sands, who's just come in, and Davis, who's back. So five of the eight midfielders available some of them can play the other slots, but I think we're kind of agreed that it's not ideal. So five of those eight midfielders are basically vying for that Very one slot. Very samey, yeah. Very samey. One of them's probably going to play more often than not, and we think it will be Kamara. Maybe with Sands as backup. I'm not sure what Davis's injury um, is all about. So Jack as well, just coming back. So we're probably two or three light, uh, two or three heavy in that particular part of midfield. Um, for the two more attacking eight positions, I want to come and talk about Alex Lowry against Livingston in a second, mm. but um, we only really have Aribo, Arfield and Lowry. Now, I'm firmly on record as being a big Arfield fan, but even I'm aware that he's unlikely to play every game, and I don't think anybody probably predicted that Alex Lowry would be um, playing against Stirling Albion a week ago, never mind us saying that he is basically first backup as an attacking number eight uh, for us for the rest of the season, so I don't think it's really fair to put that that kind of pressure agree, on him. I totally agree. So, for me, that's a position that I think we really need to bring someone in quick. I know we have been linked with a couple of lone midfielders. That's great. We'll come on to the, the benefits of, of that at the end. But for me, I would be looking for a first pick coming in there because Arfield isn't going to last with the best will in the world for, for the rest of the season. Lowry will have peaks and troughs, which is absolutely fine. I'm 100% happy for him to get much more regular minutes going forward, given what I've seen. But... I still think we're a little bit short in, in that area and we need someone that comes in as ideally a, a 22-23 and expecting to be a first pick within the next 6-12 to 12 months. I totally agree. Um, it's that creative role in the midfield that I think we're, we're really lacking. We've got a lot of midfielders in there and I think we've seen them play together before and, you know, when Lindstrom and Davis were playing together at the start of the season, they were playing in each other's pockets. We've seen it before with the Jack Amara. Uh, when they two have been been playing, so there's a lot of guys in there who are very similar, and as we discussed at the start of the show, we really should all be playing one person in that role for the vast majorities. Well, certainly all of the domestic games we play, possibly outside of Celtic, and Europe might be a different discussion. I think it's fine and probably more expected that we will play two holding players, particularly against a team like uh, Borussia Dortmund. I don't think that's uh, unfair at all, but um, yeah, in that 
you know, the the, the attacking mid, midfielder there, uh, Rebo or Scott Arfield though. Scott Arfield, I, like, I'm a big fan of Scott Arfield as well, but he's not going to start 30 games for you over a, over a season. He's going to pick up these injuries and be out for, you know, a couple of games at a time. So we need we just need the more more, more of the options in there. Um, I think, you know, right wing is certainly an area we have to improve as well in the long term. Um, I think these are the two two areas where we need to get that permanent signing in. These loans coming in, these guys might be really good players, but they're going to go back to their clubs at the end of June. And then we'll be sitting here uh, come July 2022, hopefully win the league and we've got a Champions League campaign to look forward to. But we'll be still going over the same ground and asking the same questions. You know, come on to Diallo in a wee bit, but I have to say a big fan of Fabrizio Romano continually tweeting that it's a loan without an option to buy on a player that costs £37.2 million. I was shocked. <laughs> Thank you for letting us know. I, I actually thought we might be able to buy him in the summer. <laughs> uh, anyway, James, Alex Lowry, um, great on Friday night, uh, which obviously has been covered um, in the earlier shows. Um Maybe not, I was going to say not quite as effective on Wednesday night, but I think he probably was in a different way, in a completely different game. Uh, I was delighted he started, and whilst it's very early days, I think outside of that effectiveness uh, in terms of his movement and his awareness, uh, the way he makes passes, he gets the ball, he scans, looks for options before he gets it. He's got his kind of swivel, if you like, so he knows what's happening on either side of his shoulder. He's got all of that there. Um, I just thought a lot to be pleased with for his league debut. Um, how did you get on? How did you think he did in the second game that he's played? And is it a surprise from what you've seen of him in the B team? I thought he did really well. I thought he was one of our best players uh, against Livingston. Uh, I think part of that, you then look to other players in the team to be asking questions about why you know, we look at Lowry in that way. But let's not take anything away from Alex Lowry when, when we say that, because... You know, everything you said that was absolutely right in terms of the type of attacking midfielder he is. He he's not afraid. You know, he doesn't he doesn't look phased by you know the prospect of being a starter and you know being that guy that was effectively the creative outlet for the team. Um, you know, some of the runs that he made, you know, getting past players, a few players, uh, excellent in terms of dribbling, and you know, a couple of times we. Put the ball across the area where someone like Itton should be getting us, should be more aware and ready to get his foot on the ball to stick that in. And if Itton scores that, if you think about that chance in the first half, you know everyone's talking about Lowry for that because it's an it would have been an incredible assist the way that he gets by players, holds the ball for a good period of time, makes the right decisions as well. Um, yeah, it would have been fantastic for him. I think toward the end of the game he began to tire. Yeah. Um, I don't blame him at all for that because you're asking a guy in his first league start for Rangers when he's still a teenager uh, to play a full 90 minutes. We didn't have anyone else we could really bring on to be honest for him at that point, so you're asking him to do that. So um, it was it was one hell of a shift for him to do um, because it is obviously a step up from that B team level when you're playing in the lower league. But honestly, every time that you know, you watch him play at that level, he's the guy that, you know, the game would go through in the attacking third. You get the ball to him, he'll play fantastic long-range diagonal balls that would always find his man every single time, not afraid to shoot from distance as well, which is something we've seen from uh, from him in some of the first-team games that he's played. Um, you're a real kind of key part of that. And to be honest, the way that he's been able to transfer that to the first team, I think, for me... I would be very happy and comfortable for him to just stay with a first-team squad for now and just continue to get that, kind of be be treated as a first-team player for the time being. If if we're in a position where we've got players that, you know, there's enough guys that can challenge for that role or roles, depending on how you want to play, then, yeah, you can put him back into that situation. Uh, but, you know, he has certainly taken everything that he's developed over his time playing for the B team uh, and has transferred that into the first team, and it looks like you know someone that could absolutely be a Rangers player, no question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, David, outside of, of Lowry, I think most people generally agreed that uh, Fashion Sakala was the next best performer on the mm. night. But again, a bit of conflicting opinions there because it wasn't a, a perfect performance from him. His decision-making at times can be a wee bit uh, erratic, but... Uh, 
how do you think he got on and with Morelos out uh, and Roof probably will Roof be fit enough for both games I'm not sure is Roof ever fit for one game but um, I don't know <laughs> how do you think you can see Sakala as a starter in the next two uh, I'll, yeah I think so I mean his performance on uh, Wednesday night it wasn't the wasn't the greatest performance in the world but I think it was just the fact that he was off on something that we were you know too many in the pitch weren't um, I, I, I do need to go back to James Point in the advice talks about Lowry being the best performer in the park I, I thought certainly first half as well but I did have that wee nagging voice in the back of my head he shouldn't be the best player on the park you know this 18 year old kid that's just jumped into the team he should not be the best performer on the park but um, I, I don't want to take it away from but you know that is, that is what it is I think Sakala was our next best because he was offering us something um, one of the few players that were actually trying to get us to go forward um, I, I still think maybe he's a wee bit of a square peg in a, a, round, a round hole I'm still not quite sure we're playing him to um, positionally to his, to his optimal effect but yeah I think next two games I certainly expect him to, to be in about it the thing for me with Sakala playing in that left wing role, Adam, is you know what he's going to do every single time. It's the same move over and over again. Now, he is good enough and talented enough for that to work out in terms of making an impact now and again. But if a team you know, is, is prepared for that and, and works on that and training and the build-up to playing as and playing him when he's in that position, then that's a, that, for me, would be a concern. Um, I don't think I think he could be a bit more versatile if he was playing on the other side, for instance. But I think the energy that he brings the team, uh, in in terms of the the pace and the willingness to get into the box, and he wants to shoot. That's the thing you cannot say that he's not wanting to get a shot at goal, uh, and you want that from someone in that position. You know, whether you play him on the left, on the right, or in the centre, I think he's the sort of player that you should be playing quite a lot at the moment certainly when he's fit and he's got that energy and that drive I think it's really important for him to be in the team wherever that may be yeah it it was interesting I thought Gio said after the game that Sakala needs to learn when to shoot when to take the extra touch as there were a few opportunities that he's lost due to that and I think that's fine that you can tell that he's almost being held not held back a little bit but trying to maybe have a little bit more finesse and not just pick up the ball and, and blast it so he's then trying to maybe beat a man um and create opportunities so um that is really positive to see we know his main attribute is pace and running in behind so he's kind of having to retune his brain almost to try and start deeper and wider and figure out ways to use his pace more but we've seen even in the game against Alan Albion that can still be possible that ball in behind mm-hmm. when he, he got his goal against teams who wanted to sit in deeper we need to just Use them in a way that suits them, but that doesn't necessarily mean forcing teams to play a high line and pinging balls over the top. What I really liked was the goal. He is wide, obviously, but the the interplay with Barisic and that nice little ball around the corner, if you like, for Barisic to run onto to cross it in that side of Sakala, where he's maybe been a little bit cuter and a bit more finesse about him, was was something I would like to see see a bit more. So definitely, I thought he had a, a good performance, albeit I appreciate it wasn't it wasn't as polished as we'd maybe want it to be. Uh, Kent is back for Saturday's game, uh, James, so it will be interesting um, how how we line up. Uh, obviously, Joe is back as well, which probably solves the, the midfield position for, for just now. But we'll also have new loan signing Ahmed Diallo that we mentioned earlier on. He's joined from Manchester United on a six-month loan. James, a player that... I was going to say we both know from his Atlanta days, but we're probably both more aware of than, than know. He didn't play much at all, but the hype was always there when he was coming through their academy. Um, again, probably someone who we will probably need to adjust to playing against physical defensive teams, but whilst he's not coming in as an experienced first 11 player with years under his belt, given the price tag and the expectation of playing for Man United, I think it sort of feels like he's expected to, love, to deliver as if he was an experienced player. Is, is that fair? What's your, your thoughts on the move? I think because of the because of the transfer fee that you're talking about, it's it's perfectly fair for people to expect that you know against your legal position, he should have absolutely no problem in making an impact. I think he is, you know, it's interesting because I don't, feel like he's your standard he's not a winger like Kent 
you know, I think him playing on the right hand side he's he's more inclined to, you know, do that cutting in but maybe being a slightly more physical in that way, I think, given from some of the stuff you see uh, from him. I think the reason why there's such a hype is because there's so much to his game in an attacking sense that, you know, already looks so refined for such a young guy. Uh, and when you look at what people, you know, from you know, Manchester United fan perspective uh, are saying about him, you know, they feel that the opportunity for him to get a load of games under his belt, which he's not really getting the opportunity to do at Manchester United right now, is really going to help him in, in in the long run. I think it's a, I think it's a perfectly sensible move for us to to bring him in on that short term. Uh, if we're still needing to kind of think more long term in terms of that position, um, whether he necessarily starts every single game or not, I'm not sure. But I think it's it's exciting, and I can see him being someone that. You know, as well as as well as playing on the right, he'll want to come inside and get into the box as well because I think he'll want to have an impact in that area too. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to have him at the club for sure. Um, and just that extra wee bit of kind of your know, future star power. He's not a star right now, but future star power. That is that that's always a good thing to see for us. I, I'm a little torn on these signings, David, and I think. Sometimes I need to have a word with myself. Sometimes because we're we're signing a player who, at at worst, has has been signed for twenty one million um, a year ago. It can go up to thirty seven point two, as I said earlier on. But um, Man United maybe aren't the best in the market in terms of getting value value for money. How much so, was Hannah Maguire worth again? <laughs> yeah. So there is that side of it as well. But I think it is generally accepted that Amadiallo is one of the hot prospects in uh, European football or, or mm-hmm. world football I guess obviously he's from Ivory Coast so all that hype fair enough we've had players that have probably been hyped to that amount that maybe haven't had this, this transfer fee but they've been hyped to that amount and haven't really amounted to anything so the expectation is there as as James said um, Diallo and, and McAtee who's, who's a Man City midfielder again who seems to be very very highly rated at, at City he, he's one that's been identified um, of, a, of a few of their academy players that will be playing Premier League football in the next 6 to 18 months whether it's at Man City or whether it's not I think their, their academy is kind of getting to that Chelsea stage now where they're saturated mm. with really really good players who have been there for um, the 10, 13, 10, 12 years that, that they've kind of restructured their academy so they have those players coming through now that either need to be integrated into the first team like Phil Foden or need to go out on loan or probably are going to get sold off but I think what we do know is that Diallo and McAtee are about as elite as a young player as you can get, certainly as far as um, the English market is concerned. Uh, I do think personally both will be playing regular Premier League football within the next two years. So in that sense, it's a bit silly for me to say I'm, I'm torn, but it's still a gamble. They're still developing. They're still figuring out what type of player they want to be. Um, part of me would certainly prefer more experienced players who we own to come in. Yeah. At the kind of Hadji level, if you like, 21, 22, come in, loan to buy, finish off their development with us, make an impact. But the other part says we can't pass up signing players of this potential quality, even if it is only for six months, as kind of short term as it is. Um, if this is just to get us to the, the window and win the league and we can regroup and invest in the squad properly in the summer, then I guess that's a, that's a potential win-win. That's a sticking point for me as well. I think um, it's absolutely fair and right to have an expectation on Diallo and McAtee coming in because if we are if we're not bringing these guys in for the six months to be uh, proper first team players to be players that help us to win the league this season then why are we bothering um, yeah. you know we're not doing it as a favour to Manchester United and, and Manchester City like any signings that we're making now in this window are to win the league this year. Um, and, and I don't think you could see it anyway because how important this league, league to is and it gets you the automatic Champions League and the 40 million, blah, blah, blah. Um, everything that we are doing right now this month should be focused on winning that, that league title. I'm like you, I'd rather we were bringing in players um, that were ours that will help us win the league and then we can plan to go on with into that Champions League campaign. Um next month but okay I'll overlook that now if these guys come in and they do what what we need to do to win the league but yeah I think it's absolutely fair and just to have that 
uh, expectation on them, despite how young they are. I completely agree. These are these are players that for me are a couple of levels up on any loan, young loan that we've had. Even Ryan Kent. Ryan Kent was never making the Liverpool first team. No. Um, I think that was that was known. Shea Ojo uh, as well. They were they were never they were never happening. That was that was us them coming out to either get in the shop window with us, get some experience, and then be sold on to the championship in terms of Ojo and, and Ajaria's case. Um, and obviously we. We absolutely want to watch with Kent, but for me, they're a couple of levels up on that, and therefore expectation has to be a couple of levels up. Kent is the benchmark, but he's also probably the outlier as well in my 30 years watching Rangers in terms of, of signings coming in. But I can also understand the other side. We get a lone player in from Man U, and people say, oh, Lee Martin was rubbish, so he'll be rubbish. I don't think it's quite uh, we're, we're quite at that stage either. I think these are very, very highly rated players, but they need to be coming and they need to be strengthening the team for these six months otherwise as you said there is no uh, there's no point in it um where i stand i think i mentioned this earlier on but i did expect a first pick player to come in you just naturally think in your head that first pick player is going to be a, a joey veerman or a scov olsen type of player where they're early 20s you're going to spend a bit of money on them they're going to be here for a couple of years and you're going to flip them on um that's kind of what we're what we're used to, what what we yeah. see in other in other leagues, what we've done over the last couple of years, we've we've developed players, we've not quite got the flipping on, but yeah, outside of Patterson, but we've brought players in like that and developed them as our players. But you can argue that Diallo and if McAtee is is joining, it's still a rumor. I'm not sure if there's anyone else really on the the agenda in terms of rumors. They will be first picks, so they fit that build just for the six months. Um, but I did think with the Patterson money and the Gerard money. Um, we might get someone again on the flip side. January is a terrible window for value, but you do have to say it is a gamble for the club not to strengthen now and possibly wait until the summer, given what's at stake. But I do overall think um, if we add a midfielder, our squad is strong enough to win the league. So I'm kind of happy to reserve judgment on it for if, now. If we don't, if we don't win the league this year, it's a massive failure for the club. Now I'm not saying we're not going to win the league. I think we will win the league, but um, I don't think it's something we we can gamble on. You know, particularly with the missing out in the Champions League money this year. I think we, we need to win the league title and get that, that money. I don't think we can afford to let Celtic have a, have a, free, a free go at that. Um, that could you know totally flip the momentum again where we are, could find ourselves a wee bit behind. Again, this is you know a game changer of a year and we need to win the league title this year. Absolutely. I think when you consider the start uh, in terms of the squads that both teams had in the summer, I think uh, absolutely the, the strengthening that we probably could have we done. We could have two squads. Do you remember that talk? Why Every time we say we could have two <laughs> squads, things go tits up. It happened 20 years ago and it, yeah, it's not went tits up, of course, but yeah, it, it could potentially go like we you said. We should have had a cast or family day. That's that's where we went wrong. <laughs> yes, my just my just family they don't count. It needed to be a castor one. Um, yeah, so uh, as a as a gamble, I think not to say anything now. But at the same time, I, I do think the squad just about is is strong enough. So it, it, if we don't get anyone else in, it is down to down to the manager and down to the players to to deliver. Okay, finish off with a very quick Ross County preview. Then James, um, they're they're doing quite well under Malky Mackay. Um, the we have all all our players back essentially, uh, other than Morelos, I think it is. Um, back five kind of picks itself. We assume Kamara will play. We assume probably that Arfield and Arrivo will will fill those two uh, number eight slots, which might be a little harsh on Lowry, but I just think getting the players back into playing together ahead of of Wednesday night is probably what we would want to do. But the front three is up for grabs. We can assume Kent will play, um, because he always does. Diallo uh, is there. Roof, Eaton, uh, Scott Wright. What, what's your picks for for the front three for this game, uh, and how do you think it will go in terms of a, a prediction? Uh, I'd certainly I'd certainly have Kent in there. Uh, no question, he's he's the most obvious one I think for me. Uh, I would like to see how Kimar Roof does from the start, playing as the striker, because as things stand, that's who I would go with for that role on Wednesday. Um, in terms of in the right, I'd mentioned it before, and I, and I wonder whether it would be worth looking at that in terms of Sakala playing on the right, because I thought he did I thought he did a good job in that role when he played there at Hearts, uh, if you remember. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Diallo was you know, on the bench to start with and maybe gets on if you know things are going well, or indeed if uh, we're, we're in need of uh, some extra oomph up top. 
Um, yeah, so for, for me, I would go with Kent Roof and Sakala as your as your front because you know Roof might move to the right and Sakala move inside for some parts of that as well. I suppose a bit of variety. Um, I, I feel like at the moment we are we're, we're still in that level where I don't expect us to absolutely thump a team in terms of our performances. I think we're still trying to kind of get ourselves back to that, and with the games coming thick and fast as well, I don't expect a high scoring affair. Um, but I think it will be a win all the same. So I'll I'll go with a 2-0 win for Rangers. David, I did say the back five picks itself, but Balligan is back. Um, I think Hellander is, is back. I don't think we got a, an update at today's mm. press conference uh, in terms of whether he's actually back. Um, do either of them come into Ross County with a view to playing on Wednesday or are we, are we comfortable that it will be Bal- uh, Bassey that gets both games? Um, I think it's one or the other. I think... Um... If you're if you're planning on playing Hillander or uh, or Balligan on Wednesday, I think they need to play at least some of this game. Um, if not, if we start with um, Bassey and Goldson um, on Saturday, I expect they to, to play on Wednesday as well. Yeah, I think um, whoever plays certainly, I would expect to play on Wednesday. But yeah. uh, I'm not ruling out one or the other coming in. We will see. Okay. Um, so we will finish off. Obviously, we've got James and David on. James uh, covers the B team for heart and hand on our patreon network if you aren't on patreon then you really should be uh patreon.com forward slash heart and hand and david covers the the women's team both are roving reporters at the majority of those games so we'll get a quick update on both before we finish david we'll start with the rangers women we do have a pod coming out on the network later on tonight um but do you want to give us a quick summary here for those who are not subscribers yeah i mean the team's uh rolling along nicely top of the league two points clear of uh Glasgow City and I think five or six ahead of Celtic who have pretty much uh, run themselves out of the, the title race. Um, going, going great guns at the moment. A good win on Sunday past there against Hibs, uh, coming from 1-0 behind, um, which by my calculations uh, since turning pro is the first time we've actually won a game after uh, after going behind. So it's you know another big step in the right, right direction. Uh, game this Sunday against Aberdeen. Are we up there? Should take care of itself. Should be nothing but an easy Rangers win. And then the week after, on the 6th of February, we have got Glasgow City. And uh, Glasgow City in two Celtic games, one in the league, one in the cup coming up in February. So we will know a lot about uh, what's going to happen with this Rangers team in the next 30 days. And we can say the same for, for the men's team as the women's team. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, big, big seasons for both. James, B team, uh, still doing really well in the Lowland League. Um, are they missing... Alex Lowry over the last couple of couple of games, or is he? Um, is, have they, has there been a game in the last week or so? Sorry, but are they missing him going forward? Do we think we've got players that can come in and, and fill the gap? How are they getting on? Uh, there's not been a, a beating game since Lowry's uh, been playing. Uh, not certainly in terms of a, a, a not 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 a friendly uh, basically. But the B team are doing well. You know, fourth in the league at the moment. Uh, they do have games in hand over some of the, in, in fact, all the teams that are above them, although it does look as though Bonnie Rigros are the team that are kind of running away with uh, that league as they look to try and get promoted uh, into uh, into the actual pre- uh, SPFL. Um, the good thing in, th- in terms of the way that the B team has been run is there is you know, plenty of uh, opportunities for guys to come in uh, as and when. Uh, Lowry is an important part of that attacking midfield area though so it'll be interesting to see who might take his place I don't expect him certainly to I think it's almost certain that he won't be involved as uh, the next beating game is on the Saturday at 3 o'clock um, against Civil Service Strollers uh, following uh, our game against Ross County uh, so, but there is a lot of guys uh, who are playing really really well in the beating consistently anytime they play uh, and given what we've seen from Alex Lowry when he's made the step up and what he's been able to do, I actually it actually fills me with more confidence in terms of the players that are that are playing regularly for uh, David McCallum's side that if they were required or asked to make that step up into the first team, that they could also do a very good job. So in terms of the purpose of the B team, in terms of what we're trying to do in the long term, uh, things are going very well in that respect. I think it's quite a good news. Story that Patterson going, um, obviously 
proves that the academy is, is working and doing what it's intended to do, whether it's get players into the first team or um, deliver players for that we can sell on for, for profit. But so soon after that, having King um, joining the first team for the, till the rest of the season and then having Alex Lowry um, playing the last two games, I think that just kind of shows that there's a pathway there, whether that's um, something that we can expect every few months or so, I'm, I'm not too sure, but it at least shows the boys that there is an opportunity there for them to to progress and they can then kind of see that that pathway building before them. And, and I think a very important thing with that as well is it, it shows that, you know, the answer's not always I'll just punt a player out on loan to a team yep. in the championship. That's not, you know, always the answer. For some players it will be, and some players that, that works better. But, you know, the thing with the academy now, which is so important, is that each individual player is being looked at and assessed on what would work better for them. Uh, and clearly, in, as far as you know, Alex is concerned, uh, in terms of how Nathan Patterson was concerned, and a lot of other players in, in the youth squad, uh, the better thing for them is to still be involved within the Rangers setup, have these professional games against a different type of opposition where you're learning things and you do learn you know, some important factors when you're playing at that level, no question. Um, and clearly, as the evidence shows, the players are then able to make that step up. Absolutely. Good news on all three fronts then. Okay, David, thank you very much for joining me. Always a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure as always, mate. Thank you. And James, thank you. Appreciate it, Adam. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. If you haven't subscribed to our Patreon service, then please do. It is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Hope you all have a lovely weekend. David will be back on Monday with a recap of hopefully a a good three points uh, against Ross County. Thanks for listening. It's time for the Rangers Pools question of the week. Answer this week's question for the chance to win exclusive Rangers prizes such as match day tickets, signed merchandise, plus there's an Edmondson House package up for grabs. This week's question is, who was Rangers' top scorer in the league in the 2020-21 season? Think you know the answer? Then go visit www.rangerspools.com and click on the Question of the Week banner on the homepage. Also remember... Every time you play Rangers Pools, you're supporting the club and the build of new Edmondson House. All whilst being in to win some huge cash prizes. Best of luck. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.